0: What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Garden of the Desert podcast, where I have intelligent conversations with myself, but also with anonymous strangers I meet on the internet. I'm your host, Jalen Farr, and this week I am joined by a mixed African-American and Trinidadian millennial from Atlanta, Georgia, who's going to open up to me about her skincare practice, which she calls Skin Brightening. There are a lot of terms for this different type of skincare routine. Some people call it skin lightening or even a more derogatory skin bleaching. This topic is extremely controversial. However, the skin lightening industry is expected to grow worldwide to $24 billion by the end of a decade. So while I think it's extremely controversial to talk about, it's obviously happening a lot more and it's a lot more common than a lot of people are willing to admit. My guest is going to share with us why she started lightening her skin, the different products she's used and are still using to achieve that same goal. Do people even notice that she's lightening or brightening her skin? And what is her experience of being a darker skinned person here in America? I want to point out that my goal with this podcast is not to judge any of my guests or anyone for the personal choices that they make in their own life, especially when it comes to their own appearance and their bodies. However, I wanted to share this episode with the hopes that I could learn something as well as my listeners learn something. So without further ado, this week's episode, we are tackling skin care, lightening, brightening or bleaching, whatever you want to call it. It depends on the person you're talking to. Okay. Perfect. I think we're good. We're recording. Okay. Hi there. How's it going? Not too bad. How are you? Good. Good. Thank you so much once again for agreeing to be on. I know this is like a crazy time in the world. It's a crazy time in your life. It's a crazy time for everybody. Um, I wanted to bring you on the show. I know that we talked a little bit back and forth through the email um, about skin lightening and or skin bleaching. I'm not really sure. I know that different people call it different things. What, which, which term do you use and why?
1: I like to use the term skin brightening instead of skin lightening or skin bleaching, just because I feel like it has such a negative connotation to it. It's like when you say skin bleaching, People automatically want to jump on like the racism horse, like, oh, so you don't want to be identified as black. You want to do like what Michael Jackson did or a little Kim and go from black to white. And there's such a negative connotation to it. I don't really like it. But skin brightening, everybody can, you know, they, they don't mind a little brighten, little sparkle here and there, you know, make your skin nice and even. So I prefer to use that term instead.
0: Okay, I think the terminology matters a lot. Um, like you said, just because it is, you know, it's ultimately your beauty routine, and beauty routines are very personal. You know, we all have them from people's crazy grandmas who used to do different things to the multi-billion-dollar skincare industry that we live in right now. Um, what age would you say did you start getting into skin brightening um, or wanting to to do things to improve the look of your skin?
1: Well, I grew up in New York City, so there was a lot of people that look like me. I'm of Afro West Indian Caribbean descent, so it was easy to fit in with that crowd. But once I my um, we picked up and we moved in Jersey, then it was a whole different crowd of people, and then I was kind of like the outsider. So people would kind of treat me differently, look at me a different way, just because I didn't look like them. And that's when I started to get. More self conscious of the way that I looked and my body image and my skin. So I would say around ninth grade in high school is when it started really bothering me a lot more.
0: And when you say that other people didn't look like you, what did those people look like at your high school?
1: In a middle to high class neighborhood where a lot of these kids were very privileged and they looked like Gigi Hadid, to give an example, like the Kendall Jenner lifestyle, you know, a big family, both fit, both um, parents are lawyers or doctors and, you know, affluent neighborhoods. So these kids had the Abercrombie, the Hollister, the picture-perfect model-looking kids of European descent. And there was about, I think, a, I could count on my hand, it was like five African American kids in the whole high school that I attended. So we were like, I don't want to use the term endangered species to get anybody mad, but
0: we were the oddballs out, basically. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like it was just the the racial aspect, the Europeanness of it, or do you do you feel like part of feeling like you didn't belong was the money aspect? Because you mentioned some pretty wealthy people so are you you saying these are you know people whose parents like you said you said two-parent household I don't know Mm -hmm. if you didn't come from a two-parent household but do you think those things play play a factor in how you view your self-image or how you viewed your self-image at that time
1: definitely the socioeconomic status change was a huge difference because back in Brooklyn you could go to cookies get your little school uniform and that's it we all look we all look and dress the same if you're a little bit richer you could tell by like I don't know the hair products that they use, or like the jewelry that they come to school with. But up here, fashion was a statement. That's how you, I, you have the different social classes in the high school of the chillers and the band geeks and this that and the third. And then besides the socioeconomic, also just looking different, they weren't used to a black girl with curly hair and high cheekbones and fuller lips. And back then I didn't have any curves. So I look like a pubescent boy <laughs> and I would get all my like clothes from my hand-me-down cousin. So they were all stretch worn out. They weren't brand names, you know, so people would definitely look at you like I'm Jack from Titanic and they're Rose basically. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. What, um, what were some of the things that people people said to you, like your your non-Black peers, or even your couple other Black peers? Was there um, words that were shared between you guys or just at school that made school more uncomfortable or that increased that self-consciousness that you had?
1: I think there were two Black girls that I really didn't vibe with or get along with. We weren't really friends. Like I tried to reach out to them because it's like, hey, you're Black, I'm Black. Let's <laughs> right. you know? right but they were more of the Black people that are like I'm not black like you are not like me they're they're lighter skinned and we are not the same like no we are not the same so we didn't really get along and they were with the popular um, group of people so those were the only two so I basically only had the three other black boys and girls friends and my mom wasn't really somebody who let me like play with makeup. She didn't really have much makeup in general. Like she just had the Mac NC 45 powder, you know, she'd put lips, use lipstick as blush. So <laughs> I didn't really have that much to kind of like play up with my image, mm-hmm. which a lot of the girls too in high school were getting into. Um Like I said, I didn't really have much curves at the time. I look like a boy. I had no boobs, no butt. So nobody was checking for me they they thought I was some kind of tomboy or something. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't really fit in much. And I was picked on because I was very shy and awkward and I didn't really know where I fit in. Mm-hmm. And I really was not comfortable in my own skin. I didn't feel confident. I didn't feel sexy. I didn't feel anything when I walked into a room back in
0: those days. And so you said this was when you were around in the ninth grade and in high school. So I mean, please don't take this the wrong way, but girl, what products were you even hip to back then? To how did you even get like to the point where wanting to lighten and like I said, please correct me if I'm misunderstanding how it works, but where did you even start looking for for products? Who did you go to to figure out like how to even get started at that age?
1: So, I kind of I didn't have any allowance, so I didn't have money to go to like the mall and buy stuff, mm-hmm. but In Brooklyn, every time we'd go visit some family members out there, you'd go to like the little beauty cosmetic store, you know, around the corner. And they had this Labagenese, it's some weird French name, but Mm -hmm. Labagenese carrot cream. And that's always what like my aunts would put on their bodies and say, oh, this makes your skin nice and even and it brightens you. Mm -hmm. So I'd play around with that. Then I would go into like just looking up on Google little remedies like honey and lemon juice. And you could put that with a ripe tomato, add a few drops of lemon, put it on your skin. It'll gradually lighten your skin tone to putting like milk powder, papaya, honey, milk on your face, turmeric. When I went on YouTube and I saw like a lot of like Indian girls would do Mm -hmm. honey and turmeric Mm -hmm. to start lightening and getting rid of like the – because I had a two-tone – really bad hyperpigmentation because I wasn't really into my mom never taught me how to do like skincare routines and all that jazz. I was brand new to me when Mm -hmm. I started looking up on YouTube. I was like, wow, I've never done this before. I literally just used to go in a hot shower, have some steam on my face, put some Neutrogena body soap on my face and call it a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then as I got older and I got like a job here and there, whatever money I would save to get some like pills, bleaching soaps, creams um the what is that cheap one from walmart i really like the Avino, the Avino skin brightening complex um they have like this facial facial cleanser that you can use the whole brightening collection so i was really into that and it didn't bother my skin Mm. because there was a The Shea Moisture African Black Soap, since I have very dry and sensitive skin, I think I was either overdoing it like too many times in the week because I would start breaking out and getting really bad irritation. So I was like, okay, something in here is not good for me. So then that's when I investigated into Aveeno and that worked better for my skin. So that's really what I would use. I had a really low tight budget back in the day.
0: Okay. And so those first products, like the, I think it sounded French or maybe um, African, the one that you said in the beginning, are Mm -hmm. these like mainstream products or are these the kind of products that you had to find from that um, corner store in Brooklyn or that you would kind of have to, because you know how there's some things that are mass market, like you're talking Vino, but then some things I think are a little bit more black market, like the pills and things like that. So were you doing kind of like a mix of both? Yeah, I would say so. Okay.
1: But that carrot cream, I know I would only find it in like inner city areas. So I would get it in like Brooklyn or Patterson. Um, this was before I had access to Amazon. I think you could still get it on Amazon, but for the price, it's better you go to the corner beauty store and get it per tube.
0: And you said the women in your family were using it. Is this on your whole body or just on your face?
1: I wanted it concentrated on my face because I feel like I would see the results quicker. Okay. But then again, you don't want to come out here with like a white face and black body. Right. And <laughs> right. you to wants put out the rest of your body. <laughs> but yeah, I would mostly <laughs> focus on like the face and neck area because when you walk into a room, that's what people look at first, you know, mm-hmm. especially on me. So that's where I was primarily putting these products.
0: Okay. So you were, you were focusing on the, the neck and, and up. I mean, yeah. how soon do you feel like you saw results or like what results are you really looking for? Because I mean, I'm sure some are, some are more effective than others. Um, mm-hmm. Was there like a certain time or a certain product where you really feel like you kind of had it down and how often per week, because you said some people were doing them every, every day or almost every other day. How often would you use it to get the best result?
1: Like I Okay, so the Shea Moisture African Black Soap, I was using that with the toner that they have, and I was doing that every day. But I feel like that was just stripping my skin, and it just felt so raw, and it was doing more damage than good.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So then I switched to the Aveeno. The Aveeno, I actually noticed a pretty quick turnaround. I don't know what product they have in there, but it works magical wonders. Like I came back burnt because I burn, my skin burns very easily mm-hmm. when I'm out in the sun with no sunscreen. So I came back from a vacation and I put that on my face and I noticed results within the week, I would start seeing my golden undertones and my skin mm-hmm. start coming forward. And that's what I love. So the Aveno had a quick turnaround, the carrot cream, you would see it, but it's a little bit slower. It's a really gradual brightening. Okay. And then the turmeric, milk, honey, papaya, all of that. After a while, I kind of just gave that up when I realized that there's products already made for brightening. So why am I wasting time making this?
0: Yeah, making your own.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this is the natural way to do it, but eh, I could just buy it at the store and put it on my face and I don't have a reaction. So I'll just go that route.
0: Mm-hmm. Talk about some of the reactions that you did have. I know that you say you're sensitive in the sun. I definitely, I... I don't know if I use the same products as you do, but I use a lot of retinol, which helps to um, make your skin cells turn over faster. Um, and that makes me super, super sensitive to being in the sun. So I, I understand where you're saying where the skin can be very irritated because what you're doing, is, it sounds like you're putting a lot of really heavy ingredients, really powerful ingredients, you know, on your skin. Like you said, maybe um, when you're doing it day to day, it can cause irritation. Like what's some of the, the worst side effects maybe that you've had was just like burning, things like that? Normally,
1: I know when to drop a product. As soon as I put it on, I'll start feeling like this tingling, a little bit of burning. And then when I wash it off and my face just looks that I have texture. And Mm -hmm. by texture, I mean just like dry patches. It's constantly dry. No matter what I put on it, it's dry, flaky skin. That's when I'm like, nope, something in here. It does not work with me. And I tend to stay away from products that have any fragrance in it because I notice... Like redness, tingling, and burning will always come from products that have fragrance in them. Um, even on my neck, too. Sometimes I would notice some irritation there.
0: Okay. And are you still doing that same proceed like kind of routine now? Have you stopped? Is this like a forever thing? What's kind of like your your ultimate goal? I guess.
1: Um. I'm always open to trying different products, even though I'm a little scared because of you know the dry sensitivity and the reactions. But I'm always open to seeing what new brightening products drop on the makeup market to see if they work much quicker, better results. So lately I've been still using the Aveeno daily cleanser that I get at Walmart because it's cheap and it works. So I use that as opposed to the Aveeno... Also in their collection they have like the 60 second facial one and oh there's a daily brightening scrub. When I had used that one, I noticed they have jojoba oil and cast castor oil in it, mm-hmm. and castor oil I think just does not agree with my skin whatsoever. It broke me out immediately. I was feeling tingling in the shower and I was like, "Oh no, I got to stop this." But the cleanser I still use and I use this brand now that I have my big girl job. I have big girl money now. <laughs> now I hear that. <laughs> I go to Sephora and I go. I use this natural blend, um, makeup brand. It
0: is called Caudalie. Mm, okay. And yeah, they have some serums. I know about them. I love their stuff,
1: mm-hmm. and it seems to be working. Even like the all the texture, the dark patches, like at the side of my face, I have this weird dark patch and. And my acne scars are getting lighter and it seems to even out everything. So I really appreciate that. It's the Caudalie. It's a, they sell it as a set, but the Caudalie Brightening. Um, ah, that's what it is. Caudalie Veno Perfect Brightening Glycolic Overnight Cream with the Veno Perfect Brightening Glycolic Essence. And the Vino Perfect Brightening Moisturizer with Niacinamide. It works really well for me.
0: Mm-hmm. To get rid of the acne scars and the patches and the dark spots, yes, I see, so, like you mentioned in the beginning, I, it sounds to me like you're doing more like brightening. you want like a brighter, just fresher, more vibrant complexion, but when people hear black women talking about lightening or brightening their skin, like you said, people jump to the conclusion of you wanting to be um to be lighter skinned right. Mm-hmm. Um, Was that ever what you wanted at any point? Has it always been more so about treating like the acne and the pigmentation or was it that desire to fill in or or, or is it both?
1: I wanted to just be beautiful and have that confidence to walk into a room without any makeup and not have people look at me like I'm one of Michael Jackson's thriller, you know, backup people, you know, because I have Mm -hmm. darkness on my eyes. And I have dark patches on my cheeks, the acne scars on my cheeks. It got to a point where I didn't even want to go to high school some days unless I put on makeup. And my mom would get really mad at me. She didn't, she didn't understand why I would want to cover up my nice skin. Just let it breathe, expose You're a kid. You know, who, who cares? She didn't understand. But it does make a difference. And, and as soon as I started doing the skin brightening and... Um, playing around with makeup a little bit more, my confidence grew. I kind of grew more into myself and I fit in a lot better with various different groups of people. But it just made me feel more confident, more sexy. That inner glow, that golden glow came out and it just made me happier.
0: Did anybody notice? Do people ever say anything on a day, like maybe after you've done your three-step facial or anything, do you ever hear people notice it, or do you think it's just more so you're the only one that's that's paying attention?
1: I know some people notice it. Like some of my white co- co-workers now will be like, oh, it's an 8.30 day, there's no makeup, but your skin looks really nice. Like, what have you been using? Mm-hmm. And it's those little comments that make me keep wanting to continue with my skin brightening treatment regimen Because maybe there'll come a day where I won't even need to use makeup on a weekly basis. You know, maybe I'll just feel confident enough to just go out in my bare skin and some sunscreen. Mm -hmm. And I know, like, my boyfriend hates it. We go out to brunch and he's like, do you have to put on all this makeup? Like, can you do, instead of full glam, like, can you do medium or low glam, whatever (laughs) the term is? Because, like, you're beautiful without makeup. And I told him, it's a confidence thing. Like, I don't, I don't like... If I go out in public, I feel like people are only staring at my imperfections, my texture, my hyperpigmentation, They're look at the darkness in my eyes. I just feel more youthful and confident with makeup on.
0: <laughs> well, I don't think, you know, I think there's a lot of people, not just even women. I think there's a lot of people who don't feel confident um, in their natural skin, whatever their skincare concern is. So I, I think it's, I think you're, you're making a valid point. You have to do, you know, whatever feels good for you. And I think that's why I really wanted to do this episode because, when people talk about this issue, like I said, they always jump on it, like, you want to be white or you want to change yourself. And um, I really do feel like, I feel like especially it's not for other people to judge, you know, like how could I tell anybody what they want to do with their skin when I know with the privilege that I have that people do treat you differently. If you look right. a certain way, if you fit into a certain image of what society says, you know, is beautiful. And so of course it, it hurts me to think that people have to go to, you know, because you mentioned things like, like pills, um, and this doesn't sound like it's been your experience, but I was watching a documentary on women in Thailand, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they were saying how like, you know, one in two people in Thailand have tried to, you know, brighten or lighten their skin and they don't have the same high quality products we have. You know, I don't know if they have Caudalie. I don't know, you know, if they've got things sure. that are higher, higher market. And so they use things that are very dangerous to try to um, achieve that same goal. Or I did hear girls talking about like the pills, like what, what do the pills do exactly?
1: The pills, I'm not really a fan of taking medication if I don't need to. I'd rather do a natural way or like I said, that's why I'm going into more of clean makeup, you know, uh, brands now. Because I just feel like if you mess around with too many pills, there will be so many other bad counter effects later on down the line that could come back and haunt me just because, oh, you wanted nicer skin. Like, no. Come on. Mm -hmm. Let's find a natural way to do it. But the pills for me, I just don't like taking anything synthetic or not natural because how does your body know how to break that stuff down? You don't know what the side effects are. And um, it used to upset my stomach too. So I don't really like using Pills for
0: Good that, pills. have you heard of this? I think it's called like a Cinderella drip or it's like an IV drip of some kind. Mm-hmm. That they put into your into your veins, I guess, to help to brighten the skin through the inside. I guess,
1: yeah. Um, I
0: heard about this antioxidant glu-
1: glutathione, yeah. That's the people's word, veins. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I've never tried it, I'm kind of scared of needles, but. If it works, it works. I guess I'd have to do more research about it.
0: Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that you kind of have some experience around like the healthcare industry. You don't have like, um, as someone who knows about health and um, like you were saying, synthetic ingredients. You sound very well versed on ingredients. You don't. You don't feel. Um, Hesitant that you could be like over-processing the skin or overdoing the skin or like that the ear, it could have, you haven't seen any negative effects. It's always been heading in the direction that you were looking for.
1: For the most part, yes. Okay. Um, I know I was at one point when I felt like the creams and the serums weren't working fast enough. I looked into the laser chemical peels, but the cost was out of my budget at that time. So then I just kind of dropped that. Um, the pills, like I said, you know, how I feel about that. The soaps. I know there's a very good soap. I forget the name of it, but on a lot of like YouTubers use this orange bar soap and it's supposed to help brighten your entire complexion. You can use it on your b- entire body mm-hmm. and your face. But, uh, I'm a little scared of those things too. I don't know. I just feel like you're stripping away the natural pH of the skin and then Maybe you're opening your, your body up to getting more like viruses and diseases. I don't know. I feel like you should only do those things once in a while. But I feel like the problem with skin brightening is once you start it and you start seeing results, you want to do it more and more and more so mm-hmm. much you be you get so obsessive over it that maybe you'll overdo it and then it's like, Oh, you can't go back now, you know, you the damage already done to your
0: skin. Do you, you consider can- do you consider yourself to be obsessed with it or not you you
1: (laughs) yeah I am I am I can't I can't go to bed without doing my full skin routine every
0: night I will not go to bed until that's done Mm -hmm. and you won't go out in public often without also doing your full your full routine
1: yeah it's only circumstances now where like yesterday I planned a impromptu zoom party for my boyfriend because homecoming for him was supposed to be in October who knows when that will happen with this whole coronavirus so he was feeling kind of down with isolation and everything so I was like let me just get some of your closest friends on zoom we'll do a zoom party and I did full glam I had a whole wig on it was great
0: <laughs> you uh is your boyfriend black
1: Yes, he's black. Does he know? About- into, like Africanism and this, that, and the third. <laughs> so that's why he loves when I don't wear makeup, just embrace your natural skin, your imperfections. I love it all. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Does he know about the, the brightening too? Or? I mean, when he comes over, he sees my stuff in there. So he says, oh, I use the Freeman Charcoal, you know, detox match too, but what's this brightening one? And he'll ask me all these questions and he's like, Are you sure that's safe for your skin? This that, and the third. But he has noticed a difference in my skin. He's like, Wow, you're just glowing. If I like FaceTime him or we'll do a video call, he's like, Wow, you look so golden and bronze. And then stuff like that is like, Wow, so it's actually working. <laughs>
0: So when you say golden and bronze, you don't consider that to be like shades. What do you consider your shade if you, if you don't brighten? Is it more like a caramel Mocha. or chocolate? Mocha. Mocha, yeah, chocolate.
1: Yeah. And I can get pretty dark. If I don't watch myself with sunblock and sunscreen, I will burn, like I said, very quick. Mm-hmm. Doesn't take too much.
0: Were you burning but even before high school? Even before you started brightening, you would burn very e- or darken very easily? Like, when I look at my childhood photos, because even my mom
1: will say it, she was like, you were so bright, light and bright when we were in the city. And when I was born, um, I tend to look more like my dad's family, which is Spanish, Indian, Chinese, they're all mixed up, but they're lighter. They're like, not really Jordan Woods. Uh, I guess, I guess Jordan Woods complexion but like two shades darker. Okay. Let's say Taraji Henson, like her complexion is what I used to look like when I look in my childhood photos and stuff like that. We Mm -hmm. moved up here to New Jersey and I was playing more outside in the sun because we didn't have a backyard in New York. So yeah, I'm outside more. So I would burn super quick and I'd get dark and I lost that golden bronze skin of mine. And I I turned so dark within like the first year of us moving up here.
0: Mm. So do you feel like like other so do you feel like celebrities or people in the public eye are doing this as well and maybe not being like honest about it, or not being um, like as transparent about it as maybe they should be? Do you feel like people still kind of shame it in a way? Oh, yeah, 100 percent.
1: Like little Kim, I don't think she ever acknowledged or like said anything about it. Or when you see Nicki, old Nicki Minaj photos to now, it's like, this is two different
0: people. You don't think so? I was looking at some photos of her because I had to cause I was going down a rabbit hole trying to figure out like who maybe does or who hasn't. Mm-hmm. And I was like, maybe some of it is like the lighting that we're using and the cameras. What do you how do you respond to people who say that?
1: I used to think so too. Or maybe it's like the makeup, because back in the day there wasn't that much makeup for a darker skinned woman. Right. Um but no. No. You you could you could clearly tell. And your whole body just looks way different way too light than how you were before (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I know there could be like plastic surgery and all that other jazz but just the the complexion and skin tone it looks way different from mixtape nikki to now two different things little kim was the biggest to me obviously michael jackson who else Mm -hmm. but he kept throwing it on middle ligo so I I don't know
0: Mm -hmm. I was even looking at photos of like oprah beyonce and I don't know if they have or they haven't but I just was like okay they look this shade in this one. They look this shade and in this, and this one. Like mm-hmm. how, like, you know, I, I don't know, you know, how big it is. And I don't know if people will be as honest as you've been with me about it. But when I was watching my documentary in Thailand, the Thai plastic surgeon says she does get American celebrities, you know? So.
1: And I um, get it that people tan and all on vac- vacation. So they may look different one time, you know, you have your summer makeup and then you had a winter makeup and all that. But. No, there's just some some people that are
0: obvious changes mm-hmm. do you think that that's something that people should admit to or do you think that it is better to to keep it personal. Do you think that that's something that, because they say that the industry for skin brightening or lightening or bleaching, whichever term that you use, because it's obviously lots of different ways people are doing it for different reasons and expecting a different result. They're saying that it's going to grow to $24 billion in the next 10 years, not just here in America, but all over the world and in all different countries where people might've had experiences like yours, either where they felt like an outsider or they feel like the image of beauty that's being you know, praised and justified is not what they look like. And so people are increasingly wanting to do things like that. Does that surprise you?
1: I feel like if more people were open and honest about the procedures that they go through and the reasons why people are so quick to shut you down, like, oh, they don't want to be categorized as Black. Don't you see? That's why they did all that. I feel like those people need to come out and explain the reasons why, like what I'm doing for you now So, you kind of understand the mentality why. And also, there's still a stigma in the entertainment world. A lot of people get overpassed and they're underrated because they're darker skinned, which is unfortunate because they're very talented. Mm-hmm. Like Justine Skye, I was telling my friend, and he was like, Who is Justine Skye? I'm like, You don't know who Justine Skye is? She's from Brooklyn. She's a really great R&B artist, mm-hmm. up and coming, but she doesn't get a lot of airplays because she's darker skinned. And mm-hmm. and the girl from Star, Ryan Destiny, I think she's extremely talented. She's a singer, she's an actress. You don't hear anything about her. Mm-hmm
0: you're not, if you don't have that that LMA, that um, racially ambiguous look, it's a lot yep. harder for, yep. for you. And I tell people that all the time, you know, I used to be like a really big Drake fan. I think all girls my age liked Drake when we were like in high school. And, you know, as I get older, I'm like, you know, he probably got a lot of his success partially because he's mixed. You know, yep. people are able to they are able to contain that. They feel like it's safer. They feel like it's um, it's friendlier. They feel like it's more attractive. They've done studies that prove that people think that dark-skinned people are more authoritative, um, that they're less cooperative. So all yeah. these kind of negative um, perceptions of what it means to be to be darker-skinned. And I think that until we as a society confront that, honestly, like you're saying, you know, and talk about the reasons why people feel the pressures to do the things that they do that, you know, it's not going to be a a thing that people really understand or or talk about probably. Mm -hmm.
1: And me personally, my friends always laugh at me, but when I go to the beach, like I'm wrapped up like a caterpillar, I do not want the sun (laughs) touching me, period. I don't want to get any darker (laughs) than what I already am. I'm fine. I'm bronze. That's all I need. I don't want to tan. You guys could do that, have a great life, but no, keep me out of it. (laughs) Let me just stay under this umbrella Mm -hmm. and be happy. Mm -hmm. Um, and like also too with my self-consciousness i have stretch marks on my derriere area and to me it looks like little worms but you can see like the golden my stretch marks are lighter Mm -hmm. than my skin and i just hate it so much i bought like shea butter everything under the sun that would take it away and it's still there it still bothers me but hey what can you do um also too before i forget I don't really, I wish we can stop this separation between light skin and dark skin. Because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we're still African American. We're still in that category. But I just, Mm -hmm. I hate the fact that some Black people will look away and almost like be ashamed to be categorized with you just because you're darker skinned,
0: you know? I was going to actually ask you about your dating life, even before your current boyfriend, because I was reading about a, a woman last night who said that she's had men tell her that she is pretty or beautiful in when they're in private, but they are almost like ashamed or embarrassed to, to romantically show that they're with her in public. Has that yeah. ever been your experience? I've been passed over actually a couple times by some
1: guys because they just wanted the lighter skin girl, like you said, that looks like LMA, they're racially ambiguous. I've been passed over a couple times and it did hurt. It really did. Because it's like, what does complexion, how does that make that person better than me? You know what I mean? There's more to life than just that. There's personality. It's what the person brings to the table. You can't just judge a person based off complexion just because, oh, it looks more attractive. You know, everybody's idea of beauty, I think, really stems from what
0: Hollywood portrays. And then they just tend to gravitate towards that. Mm-hmm. The media is very powerful in terms of what it shows and what it esteems as valuable and beautiful. Do you? Did you? When you were feeling passed over or when you were feeling sort of like left out, did you? Did you feel like it was just black people doing that to you, or did you, did you ever try dating outside of your race and experience the
1: same thing? It's so weird because I was just having this conversation with somebody how I've never. I always say trapped, but I've never gotten like a white guy. (laughs) Never trapped a white guy? (laughs) Yeah, never trapped a white guy, never (laughs) trapped like a really high-skinned Spanish. Some people will think I'm Dominican because like there's darker-skinned Dominicans and I know some Spanish. So they'll think I'm Dominican, but in fact, I'm not. I'm Trinidadian. But, you know, eh, I've never, I've always dated like the last mixed person was Dominican and Irish that I feel was the the fairest skin I've gotten but for the most part I've only dated black guys. Mm.
0: Do you feel like non-black men are attracted to you or do you feel like you're dating black guys is just is more so based on what your preference what you like?
1: No, I'm definitely open to trying any race because I'm not I'm mixed so I would love to have mixed children but that's just what i seem to attract i don't know never got an indian guy never got an asian guy and i get like some cultures you know have these things like oh don't bring a black girl home like i was actually shocked when my friend was like if i ever brought home like a haitian guy because i'm dominican that's a problem like they would not come to the wedding they'd try to sabotage a whole relationship Mm -hmm. and i don't know what this underground written rule is why you can't you know certain cultures cannot come together and blend perfectly but it just it is what it is the Indian like pre Priyanka Chopra and Joe Jonas mm-hmm. um, no, Nick Jonas's wedding that was beautiful it was a nice combination of the you know whatever European um, culture he's from and then her Indian culture coming together I thought that was beautiful mm-hmm
0: it depends on, I think, where you are. And I think it depends on who you're around and what their certain values are. But I think a lot of Black people especially have a harder time dating out because we are considered probably the least desirable group of people and there's no group of women that has to deal with what black women go through when it comes mm-hmm. to dating whatsoever mm-hmm. we're we're the only ones who that's even a discussion you know what i mean i mean i know that in other cultures the light versus the dark for women and being um, like married and things like that does play a role, but we're the only women who have to constantly sort of defend why we are the way we are or that has the most stereotypes. So I, I know that it's hard and I know that it's hard, the darker skin that you are, the more the further away from whatever spectrum Hollywood is pushing you are, it's going to be more difficult. You said you're, you're mixed, you're African-American and Trinidadian. hmm Okay. So, how would you you feel like there's a difference between the way that your African American side and your Trini side, the way they view colorism or skin tone? In my
1: family no. Like I know we have some um in my family like from Nigeria and Ghana influence. So, for me, we're just a blended family. I don't see the difference. Like at my um at my I hate family trees. At my to <laughs> me, my cousin's wedding, Mm -hmm. i was in the full-blown african garb from the head to the toe for her wedding and i didn't see any problem with it other people might but i didn't see any problem with it
0: um you mean because you're not actually african is that why yeah so it's not appropriate for it's almost like you're appropriating african culture because you're not fully african right okay
1: and I'm open to trying, like, I've dated a Haitian person before. I've tried Haitian food. I'm very versatile. I have really no restrictions to certain things.
0: And your okay. boyfriend, your boyfriend now, is he African-American too? Or he's from an, an island?
1: <laughs> this story <laughs> will make you laugh. Okay. So we met on a cruise. And I okay. had just... um going, I just went through a breakup. It was spring break of college. And my friend was like, you need to go, we need to do a vacation because you're, 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 you're here crying. You're obviously broken. Let's just go go on vacation. It'll be fun. We're both single. Let's just have a great time. So I met this guy on the cruise and we just kind of hit it off. Like he's a complete stranger, but I felt like he was the male version of me. Just very outgoing, go with the flow. Let's have a great time. Um, kind of person. So we vibed and the question that I asked him, because my friend met him at the bar and then she brought him over and I didn't even think I was that drunk. I just asked questions. I was like, so are you regular black or are you mixed? And he was like, what the hell kind of question is that? (laughs) And he just finally said, "No, I'm regular black." Then, like, what is regular black? You have to define that. Like from America, Louisiana, down south, whatever. And he's from North Carolina, Louisiana, um, born and raised. So yeah, he's regular black.
0: In <laughs> that's funny. Do people ever ask you if you're a regular black or what you what kind of black you are? Because that's a question, right? Like, what is regular? What's regular black? <laughs>
1: So most people kind of know that I mix because of my complexion and my features. I have very high cheekbones, Chinese-looking eyes, and my hair is 3C pattern. So it's not Mm -hmm. nappy-nappy what everybody associates with Black people, but it has a little bit of wave to it. I don't know. It's not wavy, but it has a curl pattern, 3C. Mm -hmm. So they're like, all right. And in my high school, because apparently— The only places black people can be from is, are you Jamaican? Are you African? Or are you from Haiti? That's it. These white kids didn't know any other country that black people could be in. So when I tell them I'm from Trinidad, they're like, oh, what's that? Where is that? And then you explain to them where it is in the Caribbean. And they're like, oh, okay. So you're like South American. Not really. Even though it's the last island above South America, not really. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm West Indian. And even, like, because of the stigma and the racism that we have against Black people, which is very unfortunate, but, you know, slavery continues, even though people will deny it and say, no, things are more equal now. It's not. not really, um, no. When I apply for jobs, I will always put two or more races. I never, ever, ever put African American because I don't want you to cross me off just because I put African American because you're like, oh, well, you're not going to cooperate or you're going to, you know, cause a scene. This no. I'll always put two or more races and then I will put or other West Indian Caribbean and see if I can get my way in there. But
0: yeah. Have you, when you started, did you ever like, did you have a moment when you realized, Hey, if I put two or more races on my job applications that I'll get, did you start getting more calls when you started doing that?
1: There was this one interview and I still don't know why I let this lady slide, but she said that she called me. She was black. Like, um, african-american from america down south and um she said i only called you into the interview because i saw that you had a black name i'm like what (laughs) like (laughs) what did she just say i could not believe it i didn't go i i'm not working for that company but i just thought it was so weird like why would she say that
0: I think because it, it matters more than people, people want to think that it, it does. It sounds like in that case, it mattered in the opposite way. She was looking for a black person, but in some other cases, they may cross you off because you, I've had girls tell me that they change their name on their resume or they shorten their name or something like that so that they'll have a higher chance of getting called back because their, if their name is like Taekwondo or something like that, people are not going to call them back or maybe not invite them in for, for an interview
1: hmm. And the thing is, after that interview, she was like, you know what, the resume wasn't that good. But you <laughs> as a person, I really you're very well composed. You can explain yourself. I see that you're educated. And I just wanted to meet you. And I really called you in because like I said, you had a black name. And I just thought it was like the weirdest thing ever to go through
0: and yeah. interview a person say that because maybe she's like the only other black person and she's trying to like rope somebody else black in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, I don't know what you, what your ulterior motive. Yeah. Current job.
1: Mm-hmm. It's just me. And then one other person who is a uh, occupational therapist, yeah. that's it. And she, I remember the first day she was like, wow, you know, it's, it's really nice to have, like, another Black person working here because for years I was here by myself, you know, and I just felt like I couldn't be my true self around them because they won't understand. She's Jamaican, so we, know, we have that island connection too, mm-hmm. which helps. And then, oh, no, there was one other lady too. She passed away, unfortunately, but she was an aide. So it was, like, the three of us that would always be eating lunch together, you know, catching up, what's new, yada, yada.
0: So... We're at the end of the episode and I want to know what you guys think. Were you picked on for having a darker skin color when you were in high school or were you picked on just because you didn't feel like you felt in? Do you have friends or family members who lighten or brighten their skin and don't admit it? Can you relate to being the only black person in your office space and your workplace? If so, I want to hear from you. Please follow me on Instagram. It's at Far. or send me over an email at desertgardenpodcast at gmail.com, or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, also called A Garden in the Desert, and I can read your comments and answer your questions from there. I hope this episode was informative. I'm not gonna lie, I was super nervous. This is my first recorded interview. And I was really nervous to do my first recorded interview on this topic, but that's the way that the universe worked it out. And so that's what I did. And I hope that you guys learned something from it. And like I said, I'm not here to judge anybody. I just want to get people's stories out there. So if you have a story that you want to tell about whether it's your own racial background or your upbringing or anything at all, just get in contact with me. I would love to get to know you. Thanks so much for listening. Peace and blessings. Jalen out.